what to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Hello, one and all. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, coming to you live from Lucy Wow's barn in Pflugerville. Now, you may know me best as Lucy Wow's sidekick, or you may know me as the inventor of the iFrog, the only phone that translates everything you say into rivets. Ribbit. But don't worry, today I won't be riveting, I'll be podcasting about my favorite subject, invention. You know, inventions are everywhere, and so are inventors. In fact, you might be an inventor yourself and not even know it yet. After all, with a spark of inspiration and the will to never give up, anyone can create something that will change the world. Just like today's inventor, Milton Snavely Hershey. Milton was born in 1857 in the town of Derry, Pennsylvania. Now, Derry may have been a small town, but this was a tough time in America because the country was fighting a civil war, which means a war against itself. The war reached every corner of America, even the small town of Derry. In fact, the war got so close that when Milton was a boy, he could hear cannon fire from the Battle of Gettysburg while sitting inside his home. Yikes! Or at least one of his homes. Milton's family moved a lot, a whole lot. All this moving meant that Milton didn't get a good education. So even though he was smart, there were a lot of things Milton never learned. Fortunately, one of the things he never learned was how to quit. Milton would go home and do many things in his life, but quitting was never one of them. After the fourth grade, Milton's mother decided that he should leave school and get a job. So she found him an apprenticeship, which is a job that you do for free in order to learn a skill at a print shop. He thought the work was boring, but he kept at it for two years until he was able to get a new job. And this time, it was with a candy maker. Whoa. Now, like me, Milton liked candy. He liked to eat it, and he loved to make it. He could tell right away that he had found what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. Inspired, Milton quickly learned everything he could about the art of candy making, and soon he was making everything. Fudge, peppermints, and his favorite, caramel. Now, you might have noticed I didn't mention Milton making chocolate. That's because at this time, Chocolate was a rare luxury item. Only the rich could afford it. And even for them, it was hard to get. So Milton didn't learn how to make chocolate yet. When Milton was 19 years old, he borrowed money from his aunt and uncle and opened his own candy shop in Philadelphia. Here, Milton made everything from candied nuts to ice cream. And of course, caramel. 
Unfortunately, despite all this variety, his company ran out of money and he had to shut it down. In the face of failure, Milton could have quit, but he didn't. Instead, he moved to Denver, Colorado and got a new job with a revolutionary candy maker who taught him new cutting edge candy techniques, including how to use fresh milk to make the best tasting candy. Once Milton learned all he could, he opened a new candy shop in New York City, where once again, he made all sorts of candy, only this time with new techniques. This shop failed too. You see, the problem was that Milton was so busy making every kind of candy that he wasn't making any of it with the right sort of dedication. Sometimes doing one thing well is better than doing a lot of things just okay. Realizing this, Milton once again started a new candy business, but this time he only made one thing, caramels. And he made it with love. His caramel store was an immediate hit. And soon, Milton was making money, lots of it. Before long, he had to open up an entire factory just to meet the demand for his caramel. It had been 17 years since he'd opened his first failed company. But because he hadn't given up, Milton was finally a rich, successful candy king. Wow! In 1893, Milton saw a new German machine that could make chocolate faster than anyone had done it before. Milton was inspired. He believed that with enough of these machines and the new techniques he'd learned using fresh milk, he could make chocolate available and affordable for everyone. He bought the machine on the spot and then spent the next three years creating a new chocolate making process. He called it the Hershey process and how it works is still a secret to this day. With the Hershey process perfected, Milton opened the Hershey Chocolate Company. Remembering his earlier failures, the Hershey Company made only one simple product, milk chocolate candy bar. Now, they may have been simple, but these bars were delicious. And with his new process and fancy machines, Milton was able to make so many that he could sell them at a low price to everyone. For the first time ever, Everyone could afford chocolate, and they didn't just buy it, they loved it. The Hershey Chocolate Company was such a success that Milton had to build the world's first chocolate factory in order to keep up with the demand. But Milton believed that in order for this factory to thrive, his employees would have to be happy. After all, the candy has to be made with love. So Milton didn't just build a factory, he built a community around it with brick houses and green lawns and a park called Hershey Park. He called this town Hershey, Pennsylvania and named its two major streets, Coco and Chocolate Avenue. In honor of this new factory, Milton decided it was time to make a new product. He came up with an idea for small foil wrapped pieces of chocolate. He called them kisses. Nobody is sure why. And they were an immediate hit and they still are today. In fact, Today, the Hershey Company, which is the largest chocolate manufacturing plant in the world, produces over 80 million Hershey Kisses each day. Wow! Milton Hershey didn't start out with much more than an idea, but because he never gave up on it, he ended up inventing one of the most popular candies of all time and building an entire town with a chocolate-themed amusement park in the middle of it. It just goes to show, sometimes an idea as small as a kiss is enough to change the world. 
Well, folks, we've come to the end of another Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true! There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat Kapow. Hey, that's me! Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger! Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner. I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. And you can too! Keep on the lights, folks! Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein's Story Club, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way. And don't forget, Friday's Listener Mailbag. If you've got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Pflugerville, or little old me, send it to Kapow at GoKidGo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. It's very exciting. Have yourself an inventive day. Make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. Until next time, this is Kapow signing off. Go Kid Go! Go Kid Go! 